Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Ranked. Oh, this is going to be a good one. You've been hearing just my voice recently. And while I do have a lot of fun ranking Star Wars on my own, it's what I've been doing my whole life, I do love having guests because it brings in wonderful, different perspectives, seeing things from a certain point of view. 
And, you know, it brings in another voice. And I'm happy to have uh, this gentleman back. I do believe it's been far too long. We know that. But you had been on before. Let's bring him in. Andres Cabrera, how are you? I am good. I am happy to be talking about Star Wars. Yeah. I've been dying to talk about dying Star Wars. Dying on the vine. I really, I really have, man. I, yeah. I, I, I adore Star Wars, and it's been do. a, it's been an empty December for me. It has been. It has. Luckily, it, we can rewatch everything. We can, but. but I would love if there was a movie coming out. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know what? I would have even take. I would have taken Solo in one um, hundred May and Solo now again. <laughs> I, I I honestly feel, and I know a lot of people have a yeah. lot of opinions about this, but if Solo <laughs> Solo came out this weekend or yeah. it came out last weekend, mm-hmm. it I think it would have been a different story. Well, you know what? There was a great point. Uh, uh, Chris Gore, I saw tweet out here, and he's been a, a, a long time, you know, pundit and journalist in this industry. Um, he said, "So I've I've heard the solo came in. I would make more money, and I agree with it." But he added something that I even agreed more. They would have had even a little bit more time to tinker with it. Now, I love the movie, and I've seen it so many times. But you know, like most things, Star Wars, nothing's perfect. And if just a little bit more, maybe they, maybe people would have even enjoyed that even more. I I don't I don't know. I'm not a smart man. Bob yeah. Iger felt he was, <laughs> and it didn't work out. But I, I, I know what you mean, Ace. There's a void, but mm. we're here to fill that void. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, we were talking, and I was like, yeah, you, you talked. When did we talk? We had you on Force Center a couple years ago during Force Awakens. It was, yeah. Right. Far too long. My apologies. I'm All good. Because uh, I do know you love Star Wars, and you do love Game of Thrones, and you're going to be a part of uh, my show, Casterly Talk, when that gets up and running over on the Knapsack Files uh, side of things. But uh, you, uh, we were talking about this, and I said, all right, what do we want to rank? What's your passions? And you shot back right away. There's, we're, 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 there's a couple episodes coming here with Ace. Uh, Ace is an old Schmo's name. Andres is more important name. Either is fine. I know. I can't. <laughs> it will it's always like RB3 be fine. RB3 and Ace, and that's it. And you guys are way much more than your nicknames. Sure. But but at this point, it's my Twitter handle. I so get I it. Yeah, I know. I get it. So I apologize. I apologize. But um, I was like, man, what's close to here? And you shot out. You were right away. Best quotes of the prequels. Mm. You're like, boom, I want to go there. And I always feel if I talk about the prequels with anyone but Joseph Scrimshaw, I feel like I'm cheating on Joseph. But I had talked to him about this and uh, we're very excited to hear what you have to say. And I have some choices, too. So that's what we're going to be doing today is ranking the best quotes from the prequels and that could take us to a lot of different directions now i'll say this up top you all know in four center land i'm a prequelist joseph's a prequelist we love the prequels but we also know hey there's some bumps in the road and i do think the dialogue at times not lucas's strong suit there's some bad quotes there's some absolutely bad quotes and there's some hilariously bad quotes that have become great because they're so bad you used to say thinking people gonna die um i don't know if that's on andres's list but i don't know um so but that said, there's a lot. If you dig and you look for a, 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 a trilogy, malign for its dialogue, there's some pretty great stuff digged in, some dug in, and uh, we're going to dig in. And it's some great Star Wars. So I'm excited to have this topic here today. The best quotes in the prequels. We each have five. Maybe some bonus choices. I love to hear, particularly with the guests, uh, you know, what, what went into their thought process and what almost made the list. So with my monologue done, we are going to start ranking the best quotes in the prequels with... Mr. Cabrera's number five. What's Ooh, it starts with me. Yes, sir. Our leadoff hitter. Okay. Um, so if I'm being honest, you made that great introduction. Sure. I've rewatched the prequels. And like you said, there's a lot of funny quotes. There's a lot of quotes that have uh, that are very dramatic, but have become 
great, like you said, oh, that, yeah. that are just great quotes. So I really wanted to make my list as balanced as I possibly could and not just make all Revenge of the Sith quotes. <laughs> Which is possible. Because <laughs> I was probably going to do that because right. I can't lie. Revenge of the Sith has a lot of my favorite quotes, lines in all of Star Wars. So I really made it a point to mm-hmm. go through Attack of the Clones, Ooh, which yeah. I feel has probably the most difficult dialogue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Out of all the Star Wars movies. Yep. I still rank it as my least favorite theatrical Clone Wars movie, it, though it counts. I, I sometimes overlook that. Yeah. The dialogue list. is just very rough. So I really made it a point to say I want at least one quote from Attack of the Clones. Look at you. And that one quote is the greatest comeback from our favorite Master Yoda mm-hmm. to Count Dooku himself. It says, much to learn you still have. I like it. Right after Dooku tells him that he's become more powerful than any Jedi, even him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that moment where Yoda has got a little sass in him. He's got a yeah. little bit of cockiness. He's got, he's got swag. He's like... Uh-uh, man. I'm Yoda. I'm, yeah. I'm old. <laughs> I've been in this game, and I think you still have a lot to learn, yeah. man. And he still he kicked his butt, man. It's a it's a great choice here, and I want to dive in a little bit more of your thoughts on it. But, uh, I mean, because Yoda, when th- this revelation that it was, you know, Dooku was his Padawan at one mm. point, that probably that stretches back 75 years at that point, you know, when Dooku is, is around 80 in, in the story, I believe. Um, so that's a that's weighted in a lot of ways. Like, I'm still going to teach you. I'm still going to school you. And it is Yoda, this master swordsman we've always heard about, having his moment as, as a warrior. Yeah, and it's also hearing that line from Dooku kind of makes you question. You say, wow, I mean, mm-hmm. what happens when a veteran, not just like an up-and-coming Jedi, yeah. like Anakin, but like a veteran Jedi becomes so disillusioned with the Jedi way yeah. and, and the Jedi theology basically mm. and says, I'm going to join the dark side. Yeah. Uh, what happens with all that knowledge he has of the force? Like you said, 80 years, he's an old guy. He's not like a yeah. young kid. And then he turns to the dark side and he learns the other side. Mm. So you start to question, you say, is he more powerful than Yoda? Can he become more powerful than any Jedi, even right. Yoda? And then obviously that rebuttal of Yoda being like, Mm-mm, no, you can't because I still have that experience. And I, I, I know how to yeah. tackle the dark side, man. Yeah, I'm good. I, do you think Yoda in any way, not not was holding back, definitely doesn't hold back in that moment, but just was kind of like almost in a way like, oh, I didn't teach you everything. Mm. You don't know everything. Like, what's your view of Yoda coming in that fight? I, I really do feel like Yoda's knowledge is is goes back a while. And it, and I really do feel like he knows a lot of the force. A lot of what Palpatine talks about in Revenge of the Sith, yeah. where he talks about stuff that the Jedi don't tell you, the stuff mm-hmm. that um, uh, it's not taught to the Jedi, certain stories that aren't taught to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I feel like all that stuff that's uh, like territory that no one really goes into in the right. Jedi, Yoda knows about. I really do. Oh, feel I like it. that idea. I like that. Yeah. I think that Yoda knows the tales of the Sith. He knows the dark side. He knows he doesn't. I'm not saying he like is getting involved. Never switched to it or practiced. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he just knows about it. Exactly. <laughs> I just think he has great knowledge. And I feel like he's he's similar mm. to like I've been going on a Harry Potter binge. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, well, I'm cheating apologize. on Star Wars no. <laughs> with on. Harry Potter. But it's that it's that idea of uh, mm-hmm. defense against the dark arts yeah. where where you know the dark arts to defend against the dark arts. It's interesting because I, uh, I do love, and I'll probably have a Palpatine quote or few uh, here, mm-hmm. but I, I kind of like, there's that one little moment in Sith where 
it's not the it's not the opera scene. It's kind of the one before or right after. Gosh, I can't remember. But you just saw it. Where, just did, with, yeah. They're in Palpatine's office, and Palpatine's like, "Use my knowledge." And there's kind of mm. this like, "Hey, you know, it, you should learn a lot of things before you inform your decisions." And that's mm. that's that's a little bit of a truth in life. But you you know you don't want to go too far maybe down certain dark paths but like mm. hey you know it's only like Palpatine's like hey get out of your bubble there might be other ways and I love what you're saying here I've never really thought about this Andres mm. this is why you're here I never really thought that Yoda's like I get to put pull those books off the shelf and we saw later on in the Clone Wars cartoon he kind of gets this little test with a little ghost uh, him, ghost Yoda crawling around him so I like this idea yeah Yoda I was going to mention that but yeah the Clone Wars kind of yeah. talks about it a little bit yeah. Yeah. So that's a good quote. Yeah. It means a lot. It means a lot. When you dig in, when you choose to dig in, you can find things there, right? And I, I was accused once of, well, don't you think you're adding things that aren't there? No, I think it's there because it's this myth and it's supposed to be there. It's great art. You're supposed to find this stuff. So that is your number five. It's my number Say five. the quote again. Much to learn you still have. Yes, love it. That's a great fight. Great mm. stuff. All right, my number five, going to the Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, there's always a bigger fish. Now, this is one of those quotes that's kind of a meme. It's kind of silly. It's like, well, poor Liam Neeson had to deliver that. But I keep coming back to it. I just used this quote in a text to Scrimshaw the other night. I was waiting for him. We were going to a party, and like he was like, I was almost down. Something happened. I just wrote back, there's always a bigger fish. Um, it carries a lot of meaning, but... There's some truth to this with what's going on with the Phantom Menace. Mm. Qui-Gon, no. I mean, in a way, it's like you said, you know, hey, we got this problem in front of us. There's something bigger down the line we have to be prepared for and be ready for. And there's a little bit of his philosophy there. And I just think it is a, it's one of those universal pieces of advice. Mm. There's always a bigger fish. Don't get too cocky. It's a little bit like Dooku. It is. In a it good is. way. You can take it a good way and a bad way. I don't know. Am I crazy for going to the no. Unabanco scene? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I've rewatched The Phantom Menace recently, too. Yeah. And, and uh, of course, I, I know essentially every line in that movie, I feel. At least I, I was trying to, to see if I could quote every line in that movie. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a great line, man. It's great. And it's obviously a funny moment, too, when yeah. you see that giant fish yeah. uh, get the other giant fish in order to get another giant fish. <laughs> but it's essentially like the theme of the whole movie, right? Because it, yeah. it's just a... a, a, a little bit of the introduction to the story of the dark side of mm. what we're seeing because we see again at the well mm. i don't want to give away some other quotes yeah, yeah but at the end of the movie essentially it's the idea of a master and an apprentice and yeah. how all this stuff that's going down in this big climactic battle is just to mm-hmm. take down an apprentice at the end of the day that's what maul was to right. a bigger fish which was palpatine sidious yeah um and and you're trying to to tackle this one obstacle only to realize there's another huge obstacle which is kind of a whole theme inside the prequels right yeah. because the whole prequels is essentially about chancellor palpatine gaining his power in order to use the same power to take over the universe right. <laughs> to take over the galaxy essentially because he's using the system he's using the government, yeah, essentially, he's the Phantom Menace to, to take down the government. Yeah, it's it's yeah, he's the Phantom Menace. Exactly, it's it's deep. Yeah, it's deep. And 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 it's and it's a little funny. Rylan, I think Qui Gon 
is got his own kind of sense of humor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's stoic, like all mm-hmm. good Jedi's. But even just when he grabs Jar Jar's tongue, is that one of my favorite moments in Star Wars? Nah, but it's a funny little moment. Mm. It's kind of silly, but but it's also a moment. Now that you mentioned that moment, yeah. just rewatching the movie, it's just yeah. fresh in my head. It's a moment where it's quoted right after uh, he says, "You must have Jedi reflexes." Yeah, so he's almost Boom. telling Anakin, "Hey." I'm a Jedi. <laughs> he catches the tongue and he's like, oh, you must have Jedi reflexes. <laughs> Boom, catches the tongue. Yeah. And he's like, get it. Get it. <laughs> I saw your laser sword, sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So Qui-Gon, he was, because I think I just, you know, love Liam Neeson. I think he was always one of my favorites, but then it's, it's grown. Like as, mm. as you look back at it, I think there's a, there's a groundswell of support for Qui-Gon mm. and he's got his own kind of depth and him, the pairing of him and Dooku as a master and apprentice is interesting to me too. Mm. I love the, uh, know more about that. I still love the attack, the clones, uh, kind of Obi-Wan interrogation scene where Dooku's kind of, I think, I think that's great as well. I, I, Cause yeah. it's the moment where I think Dooku at one point goes, F it. I'll be completely honest with you. Here's what's going on. Yeah. And Obi-Wan doesn't believe it because he can't believe it. Yeah. He can't accept this. And I think there's a little moment. I've heard some behind the scenes stuff that hey, it was a scene because they wanted to, Get, add a little tension to Dooku, but there's no sources on that. I think, and again, like any art, you can t- interpret it, and these characters take on their own life. I think there's some little truth that if Obi-Wan said, okay, take me down, let's take down the Sith, Dooku might have been like, sounds good to me, maybe we'll stay on the Sith side. I think I think he's gone. I think he's compromised. But there's such a truth to Dooku in that moment. Yeah, that actually is one of my favorite moments and, and yeah. it would it was when i was looking through attack of the clones mm-hmm. to pick a, a quote that was one of them yeah. you know it's the i think it's what if i told you uh yeah. finish it for me because uh, it, it's it, like I mean, what if i told you that sh- the sith is Schmodown fans know i'm so bad at quotes but yeah. what if i told you this the 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 the, the senate was or the government was controlled uh, by, uh, sith, by lord. sith lord and and, yeah. and and the separatists are in league with this sith lord and then he asks him to join him yeah. to take down cities yes yeah. Do you think that was a sincere... Join me to take yeah. down the Sith. Yeah. I think there was some sincerity there. I agree. I think, I, I think he saw some potential in Obi-Wan. Yeah. Where he's like, this is the guy that my apprentice chose. Yes. This is a guy that Yoda holds in high regard. That yeah. he says eventually when he fights him. You know, if I can get Obi-Wan, I think I can beat City. Right. Because yeah. I, I lo- what's fascinating about Dooku, and, and I love these side conversations, so we're going to roll with it, kids. Um... This thing about Dooku, like, yeah, yeah, he 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 dumps out of the Jedi Order long long ago, and I I I and I and someone can correct me on the canon and the timeline, but he to me, I'd never taken it as he leaves the Order to join the Sith. Mm. He leaves the Order to reclaim his position on Serrano as a count and his wealth and all that stuff, and I think he had some real problems with the Jedi Order that Qui-Gon had as well. Mm. That Obi-Wan fights with Qui-Gon and Phantom Menace a yep. little bit about. You can't defy the council again. You believe in this kid? Come on, Qui-Gon. You and you and Dooku did this before. I've heard the stories. Yeah. So I I love when Dooku walks in and he's he's, oh, I did not know anything about this. And he's playing that. And there's this moment where he's like, all right, I'll tell you everything. And let's do this. Obi-Wan, the golden boy, can't believe in that won't accept it, doesn't believe that there's always a bigger fish, maybe mm. in that moment. Uh, and I love when Dooku just does the whole, uh, it would be difficult to secure your release. Yep. <laughs> All yep. right. So I don't know. We're Dooku fan club over here. Oh, no, I, I love it. I love the idea of a veteran Jedi seeing the ways of the Jedi 
and 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 somehow becoming almost like I mean he's he's kind of like the dark version of Ahsoka, right? Yeah. Almost becoming disillusioned with the Jedi, yeah. and choosing their own path and saying, you know what, I keep my abilities, I keep my knowledge, mm-hmm. but I'm going to step away and do my own thing. Yeah. And and explore the force the way I want to explore the force, not by your rules and your guidelines. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to do it my own way. And that's kind of the idea. I'm similar. I mean, obviously, yeah. Ahsoka had a different path. Yeah. But it's kind of that idea of saying, you know what? There are some issues with the Jedi and there are some issues with this hierarchy, this order, yeah. the way things are done. It's almost uh, uh, this mm-hmm. is this is the meaning of right do here. It. Do it getting into the political aspect of it mm-hmm. all. Uh, but it's almost, it kind of has a political edge to it where the it's Jedi... George Lucas, so yes. It does. <laughs> uh, where, where the Jedi are much more like even distribution. Everyone right. gets equal amount. Everyone gets equal treatment. And, mm-hmm. and, and Dooku says, I want more. I want more. I want more. I earned more. Mm-hmm. Almost kind of the, the, mm-hmm. the capitalistic manner of saying, yeah. I deserve more. I deserve more power, more ability, more knowledge, more wealth. Right. And you're limiting me. Therefore, mm-hmm. I'm leaving this system to a system where I can get unlimited ability, unlimited right. wealth, unlimited power. Yeah. Which the Sith offered him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's, it's like a, a headhunter from another corporation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Would you be interested in hearing about the Sith medical yeah. plan? And it's like you, you can do what you want. You get yeah. more abilities. It's ah. it's that capitalistic thing, man. Interesting kind. Yeah, trying like, to earn more money. I like that. I like that take. I like that take. So that is my number five, and we're 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 still we're we're only two quotes in. Yep, big people, two quotes in. I picked the right uh, Star Wars rank buddy today. So that is my number five. What is your number four? Number four, obviously, I can't I can't keep saying that all these are tough, but they're all tough to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, number four is from a little film called Revenge of the Sith. Um, from a guy we were just talking about, Palpatine. And this yeah. is such a great moment. And I debated putting this quote in because I feel like it's very niche Star Wars, okay. where if you ask a regular Star Wars guy who watches Star Wars, it mm. probably isn't as attached to this as a Star Wars fan is. Right. And that is, did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Yes. Um, and I feel like this quote in this moment in this scene and just the entire monologue that he gives to Anakin in this moment is iconic. It's just already iconic. And it dives into essentially the log line, the pitch to Mm -hmm. Anakin about the Sith way and the dark side of the force. And it's, it's, it's just an amazing moment. It's a great story. It's a great idea of Mm -hmm. diving a little bit more into the history of the Sith because you kind of see the surface of it with Palpatine and Maul. But when he tells the story and you start to connect the dots of what Palpatine actually is Mm -hmm. and how he's actually the apprentice to this Darth Plagueis device, um, it is absolutely fascinating and it's absolutely a revelation to the audience. It totally is, and, and we're going to put a pin in some of that mm. in hint of what's coming for me. But this scene, it's well well regarded. Everyone loves mm. Squid Lake, right? We got a good opera scene, and this is happening. So it's all it's all great. But yeah, um, learning the first time really in canon, and, and and I'm not taking a swipe at Legends, you know. But we, a lot of it was convoluted. We don't know. And the and the Plagueis novel by Lucina, which is technically Legends, is spectacular. And I wish there was some way you could put that in. But this is what we have right now to work off of Palpatine here, and uh, uh, this story, and it's it's McDormand. Wow, beat by beat, tells a story with his face. Let me tell you the story. Oh, this guy. I'm not even going to tell you when this guy lived. You know. And 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 the look on his face is like he, of course he 
lost his power. And just, you see Palpatine in his brain just replaying the night that he killed him. Yeah. There's so much there. Yeah. And it's and it's that little grin he gives, too. Yeah. You can kind of see his teeth showing where he talks about, he's like, it's kind of ironic, yeah. all that power. <laughs> and it's like that idea, when he says ironic, it's so well mm-hmm. done. Uh, and just the 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 idea, right, of yeah. of having another quote. Obviously, I don't know if you have this one mm. of saying, you know, the the dark side is a pathway uh, to many yeah. abilities some consider to be unnatural. Yeah. And it's that idea of using the force, using this power for uh, something that's not necessarily evil mm-hmm. in 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 nature, but yeah. it can be evil, which is immortality, right? Yeah. Immortality, the idea of living forever, mm-hmm. and the idea of of living forever being something that's not the Jedi way. Right. It's something unnatural. That's the unnatural ability that he's referencing to Anakin, saying, right. "Hey, influence the midi chlorians to extend your life, to essentially give life." extend life whatever it is you need to do with life itself the force can do that the dark side of the force can do that Uh, i love it yeah we're gonna come back to the scene Mm. i'm holding back a little bit uh so uh that's a great one so um i want to go to my number four here though right now because i'm gonna end up spilling the beans on what else i have to say in that topic uh so my number four is from my point of view the jedi are evil. Mm. we're going to revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. hey that's a good movie and it's funny because hayden hayden gets some crap I think not all of it's deserved, um, but also I get it. Lucas, you know, I watched some behind-the-scenes stuff recently. Lucas, says, well, he's just not the best director for humans. We, we know that, and mm-hmm. that's fine. So Hayden is kind of out there on, on his own to make some choices, and, and I, I, I like this choice. So from my point of view, the Jedi are evil, and it is almost, it, it, it's the core of Anakin in all this stuff. Now, there's another thing that's going to come back, but the Palpatine moment, I think, is important to his journey, but this is... He's talking to Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. the king of, from a certain point of view. Mm. And at this moment, and this is what I love what Lucas did with the prequels. And I love that Ryan Johnson brought it back with the hubris of the Jedi and Skywalker talk, talking about Sidious. I, I love the connection. Because at this moment, I understand where Anakin's coming from a bit. There's a lot going, especially if you watch the Clone Wars, especially if you see what happened to Ahsoka. Um, he hasn't faced her yet. You know, this isn't, we're not going into the Rebels timeline. We're coming out of Clone Wars where when Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order and he's like, I kind of want to leave too. And she's like, I know. I think, I think he's wrong. Vader be, does horrible things. He's, he's a horrible creature. He's a monster. But at this particular moment, it's the core of the chaos in Anakin. Because I think he he really believes this. Mm. So, mm. no, it's great. So, and obviously, I love the comeback from Obi Wan too. Well, then you are lost. lost. Yeah, um, which is a great line. Your new empire, <laughs> Anakin. My allegiance is to the Republic, to the democracy. Um, I can quote that. Every Obi Wan line in that movie to me is my list. That would be my list. It's gold. It's so good. Um, yeah. But but for me, yeah. I mean, thinking about the prequels in general, mm. man. I I really feel. And obviously, I don't know if whoever's listening is a fan of the prequels or not a fan of the prequels. Generally here in Force Center, they either are or they let Joseph, Jennifer, and I talk about them. <laughs> but either way, it's it's. I think the prequels are becoming more and more relevant as mm-hmm. time goes on in real history, in real government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, I mean, obviously, as yeah. I said before... Um, mm-hmm. George Lucas, I mean, as you said, yeah. he's, he, he gets political. He does political things. Yeah. When we did the meaning of uh, Star Wars and we talked about the prequels on my podcast, The Meaning of, with RB3, mm-hmm. we talked about how mm-hmm. every moment is intentional. And, yeah. and the people 
lose a lot of that in the prequels because of some of the dialogue, because sure. of Jar Jar, because of certain moments, they kind of forget mm-hmm. the big themes he was tackling. And I think that idea of not necessarily the Jedi being evil themselves, but yeah. the Jedi allowing kind of what Luke says in The Last Jedi. Yes. The the, the Jedi kind of turning a blind eye to the rise of Darth Sidious. They, yes. they were kind of they weren't a part of it, but they were a part of it in a way by letting him rise to that power. It, 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 you just said something that I really want to highlight there, and you're, you're smarter than me, Ace, but I want to dig into it because I think there's, you can get, maybe, especially on, on Force, and we talk about the Jedi, the Jedi Order, the failings of it. It's not that the Jedi were bad on an individual basis. Not that the police, just things had happened. The core, mm. and then what you just said, they're turning a blind eye to this. And that, I think, is what Luke's point was. That's what his po- whole point to Daisy, if you feel it, life, death, light, dark, that's not the Jedi. That's a thing. In our, and in this universe, it's the tide. It's all these other things he goes and learns in the Legends of Luke Skywalker book. Um, you know, some of it true, some of it not, but the, the lessons are there. We know he was on the on the planet with the fishing rod because he has it in the island. And, and it ties back to it like they use something called the tide. And later on, he meets mist weavers. And it's all these different versions of force. So force, the force lives outside of these guys and gals and robes and, and animals and creatures. And, you know, you're all poof. Um, so I like what you just said. That that's the highlight to me. A lot of what's going on is George is like this organization lost its way mm. what maybe its original attentions are mind you george who's you know unabashedly liberal and and he f- he hates and fights a lot of unions not all of them and unions you know you don't want to divide unions into right or left but a lot of times it's it's maybe left side george hates them fights them because i think in a way he was like you you're this great thing that turned into something else yeah and yeah. and and well, I think that's part of what George's message is. I a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. especially come on, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying not to, guys. But how can you not see how relevant this is now? Especially yeah. with, I mean, it's the idea of the Republican Party not necessarily having a hand in what's going on, but right. kind of allowing certain things sure. to go a little too far. I'm, and a, lot- I'm a lifelong R. I didn't. I don't identify with it as much at, at all anymore because I'm looking around going, I think I might follow Ahsoka. <laughs> I mean, it's that idea, right, of, of saying they're not necessarily, you know, uh, bad, but they're allowing certain things to go a little too far when right. when when yeah. it's that idea of 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 people having too much power, too much control, too much yeah. liberty to do what whatever they want to do. You can't come to the table and just have a discussion. You got to sit on your side behind your robes and your yeah. and yeah. and that's a lot. Of, that's George's beliefs. Yeah, it's a lot of it. Yeah. So great quote, Anakin. Inspiring a lot there. So that's my number four. Your number three. Number three from The Phantom Menace. It is from Yoda once again. And it is a quote that I've been quoting forever since I, I mean, I think this is in the trailer. I might be wrong, but it's in some trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, Yoda saying, fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Um, (laughs) I sense much fear in you. I love how he says that. You have to say it like that. He's the suffering. Suffering. Um, I it, and it is in the trailer. In it is. A, it's either the teaser or the regular yeah. trailer. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It is. And it's a, such a great quote, man, mm-hmm. because it really, uh, it, it kind of shows you something that you mind. You were knowledgeable to if you're mm-hmm. a fan of the Star Wars franchise, but it, it's one of those things where you, the idea of fear, the yeah. idea of fear being something that 
mm-hmm. is not some it, the idea of fear being a pathway to a darker path. Right. Right. I mean, once again, we can see this in 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 our real world too. Mm-hmm. The idea mm-hmm. of fear being used to uh, make certain things seem evil, make certain things seem mm-hmm. darker than they are. The yeah. realities of life. Mm-hmm. And if you make fear out of that, that right. fear is a great weapon. Fear Huge is, weapon. Yeah. And, and people it's the can, Sith, this, you know, it's the Sith's biggest weapon. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, once again, I'm mm-hmm. going back to Harry Potter, but as you should, Ace, uh, Harry you should. Potter talks about it too. How, you know, uh, yeah. Professor Lupin says it where fear is something that, you know, right. the more fear people have, the more they use that as a weapon. Yeah. And it's that fear inside of people that can be used against that. Well, I'm, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to jump to my number three, but we're going to continue this discussion because I told you before, before, we try to surprise each other, at least the order, but I always, I don't want to repeat, so we're discussing the same quote over. That was, I had that quote as well because it's nice. it's it's Yoda's, Professor Yoda's big lesson, right? Mm. And then plus you get to say suffering. Suffering. Um, but then so I was like, all right, Ace, Ace got that one. I got to choose something else. I went to the Yoda vein as well. And we're going to Revenge of the Sith where he says to Anakin talking about his dreams and visions uh, among many great Yoda gems in that se- sequence is train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. So it all comes mm. into this fear attachment. And I saw in some thread, well, then why does Yoda... He d- he saves Obi Wan and Anakin instead of finishes finishing the fight with Dooku. And it's like, well, that's not the same thing. He they're defenseless. Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, and Obi Wan and Anakin would have died squished by this thing. That's what du- Dooku knew he could play that against. It wasn't he didn't fear about he wasn't fearful. Oh God, Obi Wan and Anakin might die. He's like, I, I can't let them die in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it's not the not the same thing. And going to this fear and how fear is swirling around in Anakin's brain you just yeah. can't let go of this stuff yeah. right no i mean i think that that whole moment with uh anakin and yoda is great as well mm-hmm. and i know a lot of people have debated of yoda's advice of whether it was good advice to give to anakin at that moment i don't know if you've seen those debates um here and but there. i think that debate i mean i think mm-hmm. that that advice works mm-hmm. if if anakin really did listen to yoda in that moment yeah what would have been his path what what, right. what kind of different path would he have taken if he would have realized and said, you know what, there are certain things that even if I have all this power are beyond my control, I have mm-hmm. to learn to live with it and to mm-hmm. let it go. And if I'm thinking, if I'm making certain decisions mm-hmm. that are against the Jedi way, right? Because he's trying to, all of Revenge of the Sith is him yeah. being frustrated that he has to hide this relationship with Padme that he has. Right. But if he realizes that every decision he makes, whether good or bad, has a consequence Mm -hmm. and he says to himself you know what i have to learn to let things be the way they are Mm -hmm. whether i have this power or not have this power trying to force something that as sidious said unnatural is what makes him try to get deeper into this dark side of the power of the force and trying to do something that isn't natural which is extending life or saving life and and going down a path that's very dangerous, yeah. Because he was so afraid of that, right? That it all comes it all comes back to fear. Yeah. He was afraid of losing Padme, and that's what led him to the dark side of the force. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And it's played so it's deep stuff. That word fear is important. And and going back to your quote, the reason you know it's on my list as well is just it it it. I think it's almost the type of quote, and I, I'm not saying this has happened, but it's the only almost the type of quote that you could. Just say it. Oh, remember when Yoda said this and people were like, oh, I love Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> you know? 
well, no, this was always, this was in, oh, yeah, in Phantom Menace. Um, and again, just being used, just talking about the moving story, this is Phantom Menace. He's saying this to a kid who's supposed to be, what, seven in the story at the time. I, I know Jake was like eight or nine when he filmed it, but um, that's, that's one of those thesis statement moments. Mm. I'm saying it to you, kid. Here's your, Yoda is basically just described Anakin's life. Yeah. And this kid's like, doesn't know what's coming. Yeah. And there's a tragedy. There's such a tragedy of the Phantom Menace for all, for all of it, it got at the time and still gets occasionally. I, I remember one of my favorite little moments, and this is, this is not something that is necessarily in the movie. I mean, it's in the movie, but I remember this. This is how I took it. The end, the peace orb scene. And that's silly. You know, Boss Nass is holding up the peace orb and great. Love it. I love Boss Nass, but it's silly. Um, but I love the shots where it's like you got Padme in her jubilation dress. You got mm. Anakin with his freshly cut hair at the That's pilot. Right. You got Anakin and even the droids. But they all look at each other, right? And they're all smiling, right? And I remember thinking, we know it's going to happen. This is so tragic. This is so tragic. You're looking at this young queen who's like, hey, little kid, you're going to essentially kill me. And he's like, hey, I'm, I've got my, I'm, this is what I want. I want to be a Jedi. I'm going to end up destroying it. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> Obi-Wan's like, and I'm going to end up in a desert and die. And sort of, like, and, and it's tragic, tragic to me. And uh, amongst all this happiness, and this goes back to this quote of like, Yoda's like, yeah, here's, here's what's happening. Mm. We're watching it happen. Yep. I don't know. It's also the idea for me. I mean, I've been watching a lot of recent TV shows and I've been watching a lot of gangster TV shows. And yeah. if you really think about it, I mean, whether it be, the Sopranos, whether it be some other shows that I've been keeping up with, the idea that all these guys who are doing committing these atrocities mm-hmm. are doing it for their family, quote right. unquote, and it's it's that irony that mm-hmm. being so attached to your family and being so afraid to lose them makes you do certain things that are very much evil, right? And it's like you're well, it's for my wife, it's for my daughter, it's for my kid, whatever you may use to justify it. Mm-hmm. And you commit these tragedies where you're taking lives of dozens of people yeah. in order to, what, save your wife? Like, it, it's that right. irony of, like, Anakin being like, well, it's my girlfriend. And it's like, yeah, dude, but you're killing hundreds, if yeah. not thousands of people. All for your girlfriend? Like, at the end of the day, you're losing more of yourself and you're losing your wife right. because you think you're saving her. It's that irony of justifying your love as being good, where actually your love can be a pathway to evil. Pathway to, um, I'm just, as you're, I'm typing as you're talking because I just, I just remembered, oh, here it is. All right, I got to bring this up. So you're t- we're talking about fear and how fear could be used as a weapon. Let's not forget that in the promotion of Phantom Menace, they had those little short TV spots. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you know, you, you got a few more years, uh, you, the gray comes in your beard, Andres, but it happens quick, whereas my beard's all gray. So I don't know if you remember these as well. Do you remember the little TV spots? Okay. Yeah. I don't want to insult you and say you don't, no. plus you're a student of Star Wars. Yeah. But you get, some Some people might not remember these. Uh, Darth Maul, the Darth Maul one. Fear. Fear attracts the fearful, the strong, the weak, the innocent, the corrupt. Fear. Fear is my ally. He is saying it right there. That is, a we- he has the double-sided lightsaber. He has the droids. And he has fear in his in his pocket. Yep. It's what the Sith do. 
Yep. So that's why it's it's the, it's the promotion of it, man. It's the yeah. promotion of fear and using that for people to jump on a bandwagon of being fearful. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, again, I, I keep saying it, but that's what we're seeing with mm-hmm. real life situations is, mm-hmm. is the idea of mm-hmm. spreading fear within people. And it's the fear of other people yeah. that makes them commit atrocities and makes right. them do things that are evil. And the internet is, is, is spread spreads it like wildfire yeah, when it's done. Absolutely. Done right or wrong. Uh, and it happens, it happens, not, it, we're not even, you don't even have to talk about the real world of politics. It happens in fandoms. It happens yeah. in, you know, a lot of things. Um, fear. That's why, that's why it was a uh, key to the Sith. All right. So that is uh, our number three collectively. So we are going to go to your number two. My number two. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Two was very close to being my number one. And this, uh, is, a, this is a very dramatic quote. Yes. But I love it. Um, and I know a lot of people love it in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Because again, as I've been saying with this whole episode, it is very relevant yeah. uh, to what we see nowadays. And it's very relevant to what could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the quote from Padme in Revenge of the Sith. So this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's such a relevant quote because, again, this is the moment where Chancellor Palpatine is taking those emergency powers uh, and creating the a safe and secure society. Yeah. The first galactic, <laughs> what does he call it? Empire. Yeah, first, yeah, and that's <laughs> it's the irony. And and that's and during his quote in that scene, he says, a more secure, yeah, what does he say? Like a more safe and, safe sec- and secure, secure society. society. That idea of, of, fear once again coming back and he says i'm gonna make it more safe by making more authority by making yeah. a much more authoritarian a more yeah. authoritarian type government Author- yeah. authoritarian, authoritarian type if, galaxy authorian hammerheads no authoritarian yeah, yeah. um yes absolutely it's and, a trademark line for padme yeah absolutely and it's and it shows what George Lucas was trying to say during this yeah. entire prequel trilogy. And it, it kind of comes full circle with this yeah. one quote. And it's great because it's mm-hmm. true. It's the idea of when people lose their ability to think for themselves, yeah. they won't even know it. Yeah. They won't even know that they lost their ability to, to fend for themselves, to think for themselves. Right. And they're going to do it with thunderous applause. They're yeah. going to think it's the best thing ever. This sounds mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing in reality is just giving yourself over to an authority Mm -hmm. that is taking away all your freedom and all your ability and all your liberty because that's what they lose in this moment yeah and they're clapping for it they love it it it's um uh have you ever read the the star the new hope novelization by alan dean foster okay so it's worth it's worth it for a lot of different Mm -hmm. we're doing that on spotlight star wars we're looking at the return of the jedi novelization but the prologue the prologue um was written by george because Alan D. Foster ghost wrote the the novel, but when we now know he wrote it, but George got credit. But um, the the prologue the prologue is is taken from the Journal of the Wills, and I think even Leia is the one talking. I don't know if, if that detail slips in, and it talks about the how Palpatine rose to power, and it's a little different because it's not necessarily with the Force. I don't know if he had established the Emperor as a dark side user yet. I mm. really don't think he. I think. So why when people are like uh, Lucasfilm should have a plan for all their movies, George didn't. He wrote in pencil, as we always say, um, and it's fascinating. So to have him actually go and explain this, and he takes three movies to say how how does this senator from Naboo take over the galaxy? Forget the Sith stuff, and that probably helps him with his game plan his perceptions but how does this happen and it all boils down to this moment with padme and bail watching on going yeah it's gonna end up killing me <laughs> you know? dude rewatching the phantom menace it really kind of mm-hmm. it, it's it's fun it's a fun rewatch because you kind of see what's going on and once again it all kind of comes full circle yeah. with relevant topics nowadays but it's that idea right when he talks about chancellor valoran not mm-hmm. being strong enough right 
It's like, where's his strength? Where's that, yeah. you know, ability to Enter make the bureaucrats? Yeah. yeah. And it's that idea of like, man, this guy isn't strong enough. This guy doesn't want to use force. I'll use force. Right. I'll bring, I'll bring armies. I'll, I'll make sure that people get their justice. Mm-hmm. And he uses that to kind of show like, Hey man, this guy is not afraid to say what he thinks. Yeah. This guy is not afraid to use force. Yeah. This guy is not afraid to punch you in the face. We like that. Let's mm-hmm. vote for that. And they yeah. vote for that and they want that. And he uses that authority to basically overthrow your liberty and overthrow right. your freedom. The yeah. freedom that you wanted so bad. It's now gone. It's now gone. It's now gone. I mean, yeah. it, does that sound familiar to you? <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's George in uh, 2005. Yeah. Uh, really digging in, looking back. And as always, when you look back, you can sometimes see ahead. So yeah, that is that I I I figured one of us had to have that quote there, but I was glad it was you. Yeah, um, because my number two is also from Padme, but we're going back a bit. Uh, it is going to the Phantom Menace when she says, "I will sign no treaty, Senator. My fate will be no different from that of my people." Mm. Uh, Force Center fans know I I really love this character Padme and and, and think she's underrated, so underrated. And that underrated feeling, there's, you're just described a great moment in Revenge of the Sith, and we know there was a lot of scenes that Lucas cut out about the early days of the rebellion. We had Mon Mothma, we had Bail Organa, we had we had Padme, and those scenes you can find deleted scenes of them. So I, I think you have to go back to um, you have to kind of go back to Phantom Menace to see the fully fun and the Clone Wars. I should say in the Clone Wars series, but Phantom Menace is to me it's it's, it's Padme at her best who's a 14-year-old queen, elected, but, but elected by her people, and that's the Naboo government. Um, and there's these two signature moments, and she is on the ground with her people. It's almost medieval, because, you know, you watch, you know, Lord of the Rings, King Theoden's at the front of the army. That doesn't happen. And I get why it doesn't happen. Well, you know, I don't want any president with a rifle in the front yard. That's probably not going to do well for anybody. But... In medieval, this idea, Game of Thrones, Stannis Baratheon, he's going to ride in at the front. He's a great warrior. All this stuff. Padme's there. She's medieval, man. Yeah. She's a queen, and she's going to fight with her people. And the two moments, and I love it, and I've talked about it a, a lot, and I've done some writing about it, is, is Palpatine, who is this Phantom Menace who's pulling the strings. I always think even much like Baelish in Game of Thrones, if things don't go his way, he, he adapts, and that's why he succeeds. Chaos is a ladder, right? So... Palpatine already feels that, but I think when when Padme's like, Senator, this is your arena. Uh, mine's back on Naboo. I'm going back to Naboo to be with my people. There's a moment where Palpatine's like, huh, what? What? Oh, no. no I, uh, okay, yeah, here's how I can use it. So I always think Palpatine stays in his really menacing-like control, but it's, it's, this, it's Padme who is just this mother of rebellion. And I think I just love watching her scenes in Phantom Menace. And if you rewatch the Phantom Menace as I did, it, it really does show you that she kind of saved the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Obi-Wan killed Darth Maul, and that's great and all. I mean, quote, unquote, yeah. killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, took him out. But at the end of the day, it was Padme who who locked, who overthrew Viceroy Gunray and yeah. made him sign a, a new treaty, as she says. I'll right. make you sign a new treaty. Right. Where she basically cornered him she she literally took the gloves off yeah and said <laughs> i got two jedi and i got some security <laughs> guards i'm about to show you what's up we're doing it we're doing it in my my territory yeah. my hometown yeah. my palace yes and and she takes him out man and she yeah. she corners him and and shows and now him, we'll send a new treaty yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> and she shows him what's up but if you rewatch the phantom menace once again you're totally right padme yeah. is such a great character and i think the reason why it goes overlooked is because of the whole mm-hmm. 
um, dual identity thing. I think yeah, that yeah. kind of threw people off where they yep. were like, was that Padme? Which was one that, was? Yeah. Which one was what? Was that just a character she was playing? Mm-hmm. Like, but in reality, rewatching it and you realize that is Padme. That is yeah. the queen, Amandala. In her yeah. first introduction right off the bat, you're like, this is a powerful woman. And yeah. like you said, she's 14. Yeah. It's so, I mean, her first introduction when she comes out in the mm-hmm. bubble freaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right in the thing. beginning. Yeah. And she starts going, going right, right yeah. at them. I will not condone a course of action yeah. that leads to war. They're always favorite, famous. Quote, I mean, that, and go, leading up to the prequels, man, I used to watch those trailers on VHS. I would tape them on VHS. And I would just watch them over and over. Me and my friends getting excited. And yeah, you know, I get it. I was there, man, 99. I was there, kids. I saw the dead in concert. I didn't. Um, but yeah, there was a little, you know, I, I don't, I, I really don't like the moment. It's so badly executed when she bows before Boss, boss Nass and it's sure. just badly delivered. So people got hung up on that. People yeah. can still get hung up on that. And I understand. I, I've had those conversations with people. Oh, you like the prequels? Eh, they're, they're, they're shitty moves. Okay, totally. You can stop there. I don't watch Star Wars like that. I watch Star Wars to see what is in these moments that 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 affect the rest of the story that's rolling out on paper in front of us, backwards yep. and forwards, um, backwards and forwards, backwards. There's a deep Star Wars making of reference. So yeah, Padme, and the character wasn't developed later on. There are some infamous behind the scenes problems. I was just hearing about more of them last night. There were some problems, and and that's why you don't see her featured as much. Um, that's all I really want to say because I think it detracts from the character. And then the Clone Wars, Cat Tabor comes in, does a great job. There's a great political speech from Padme in in, in the show. Um, defends, represents Ahsoka at the trial. Mm. Padme's a great character. She's a great character. Yeah, I love Padme, and and I think she has some amazing moments in that yeah. movie, The Phantom Menace. I believe she does too. And uh, that means we're gonna go to. Uh, I want to hear a little bit of your bonuses. We're going to go to my number one and then your number one to close the show. But just some of the choices that you you almost had. Uh, I, I want to hear from you, man. Uh, there's a lot of great ones, man. And a lot of them, too, are a lot of fun ones that I wanted to include oh, in sure, here. Oh, yeah. sure, um, I've highly, 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 and I've done this a million times, probably on this, uh, even on the Force Center, even yeah. years ago. Yeah. I recommend Aural Knots. If you've seen that, yeah, Aural Knots is a YouTube yeah. channel yeah. that they do. It's it's very much poking fun at Star Wars, but it's only funny if you're a Star Wars fan, to be honest. It's coming from we all forget, Star Wars we all, for, we all forget that you can poke fun at Star Wars. It's amazing. They yeah. do a, a dubbed version of all the episodes, and they do the prequels dubbed, and yeah. it's so funny, man. They make Obi-Wan <laughs> like... A drug dealing gangster, Love and it. he's just having f- the time of his life. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite lines, I mean, Obi Wan has a ton of them. So yeah. obviously, episode three of Revenge of the Sith, I think he's got yeah. an insane amount. Um, only a Sith deals in absolutes right. is one of my favorite lines. Mm-hmm. Um, right at the beginning of the film, when he's going after Grievous, he's uh, and he gets trapped in the ray shields. I think <laughs> it's what it is. He's like, "Wait a minute, how did this happen? We're smarter than this." I use that in real life. <laughs> Uh, it's like, we're smarter than this. How did this happen? Uh, I think that's a great line. Um, another one from, uh, these are lines that I actually use in real life. Oh yeah. That's um, the best. Anakin, when he turns on his pod racer for the first time, it's working. <laughs> I use that all the time. Um, episode two, attack of the clones. When he gets yeah. to Camino and he says, you're here to inspect our troops. And he's like, that's why I'm here. Is <laughs> another great that's line. Underappreciated comedy. It's so he's totally like, yes. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Um, and then obviously there's another, a couple serious ones. Always two, there are no more, yeah. no less. A oh, master yeah. and an apprentice. 
Um, uh, Django Fett. I'm just a simple man trying was, to make my way. In I the was going to throw that one in. That's I great. was going to be my number five for yeah, for, yeah. That was going to be my number five. It's interesting, but I wanted to put Yoda in there instead, especially from a, like a bounty hunter point of view. Of hey, yep. man, I just got some jobs. To do. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, <laughs> um, you have done that yourself. You have done that yourself. That's great. Such a good line. Such a good. There's line. a lot. There's a reason that that works there. So some great choices. Amos made it there. Um, Let's do my number one. So going back to the opera scene, I'm just taking this one little moment, and it is this, not from a Jedi. Mm. I believe, and we were talking about it uh, earlier, but I believe this is the moment Anakin is ensnared. Um, He turns later. The rumination scene, which is great, and the great song, uh, great score, Padme's ruminations, is where it's all bubbling up, bubbling up, going back to his childhood, going back to that moment with Yoda talking to him and... Even going back to the moment where he's like, I feel cold, sir. He doesn't say that as a little tiny kid in Phantom Menace. Like, I'm cold. He's like, yeah, I'm feel, I feel cold. I'm a, I'm a little angry kid. I got taken from my mom. That's not going as well as I thought it would. I feel cold. Yeah. Weird dude. Yeah. He's like, why are you questioning me? What yeah. is this? I answered all your tests. Why, why are there a bunch yeah. of old guys looking yeah. at me? <laughs> ship cup, ship speeder. I got it. I got it. Um, Did I get him right or not? Yeah, let me know. So uh, all that's all that's great. But this moment, this what you were talking about earlier, Andres, with the, with Palpatine just and, and McDermott chewing up the scenery and mm. just delivering this whole story. And it's so funny. I don't have you had a chance to read Vader issue twenty five. I haven't. No, okay. no. We won't go too much into it. I did read it. It didn't click as much with me as it is, but that entire series, one through twenty-five, is 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 a journey of Vader's mind, and I love that. Charles mm-hmm. Soule's written, I think, the best Marvel series so far. But they harken back to that moment there, where I think Palpatine is sitting there telling Anakin, uh, "Plagueis taught me things. My master taught me things. I learned them. I did this. So hey, draw your own conclusions." And I and I just really love this. This this is the crux, not from a Jedi. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that's Palpatine's <laughs> motto, essentially. Uh, is, yeah, is, is the abilities that you can gain from the dark side, right? I mean, it's yeah. a, it's the stuff that that we was hyped up in in mm-hmm. uh, Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, all right. this kind of stuff that they were letting you know that the Sith had different abilities, and there was a point to joining the Sith. Yeah. It wasn't just be evil. It wasn't just a good medical plan like we joked earlier. It's yeah. something going on. But also this, to me, it, 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 it's, it's Palpatine's, this is what he is. This is the Phantom Menace. He, he knows where to get Anakin and he built this up in his mind. And I love that line. And it was so great in the trailers. Turns not oh, from the Jedi. Right. And it was like, oh, we're going to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love that. And that is why, of all the prequels, to me, it's if the prequels are, uh, they're about a lot of things. But if the prequels are about the fall of Anakin, that right there is the fall. It's so good, man. That, I mean, obviously, too, it's just thinking back at Revenge of the Sith and yeah. all that kind of comes full circle with yeah. Windu at the end and with absolute power, power. Limited <laughs> power. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so good, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the essentially how everything kind of comes down to Palpatine getting control over yeah. Anakin and manipulating him. And the it's, it's just, oh, it's just so good, it's man. It's good stuff. Another one I was going to mention yeah. too was yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I can't help it just because we're talking Do about it. that the idea that that just hearing this man not from a Jedi mm-hmm. the idea that Mace Windu says uh, he's like a sense of plot to destroy the Jedi every time I rewatch it I'm like no shit <laughs> I want to do come on man yeah. it might it be a different kind of Star Wars rank so we, we might have to do it I might have to bring you back for a spotlight Star Wars yeah it, it, let's do this let's make a vow to the fans maybe after the holidays. I want to do an episode, um, uh, you know, where it's like, here's all the times Mace was right. Oh, my gosh. 
Jesus. He's insightful. He's, he's a powerful Jedi for a reason. Man. He's like the, he's like the CEO. He's, the most, he's another underrated character. He, he is underrated. So and, good. And there's a lot of times where you're like, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He and then the that. fact that he kicks Palpatine's ass, and he, you're like, hell yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah. And then the fact that he's like, I'm going to kill this guy. And you're like, hell yeah, yeah. kill him. <laughs> Did you read Please the uh, Mace Windu comic, the short run oh, comic? Oh, no. All I right. was going to, though. So yeah. Give it a go. Give yeah. it a go if you want to get the trade paperback. It ties all that whole comic. There's a lot of things at play, including things the Jedi are doing wrong. And he has a young Jedi who kind of fights him on some stuff. Um, all of it, it goes back to his, his master when he was a Padawan. And it all ties to that moment in Revenge mm. of the Sith, mm. and it, it's it's another. If you if good you thing. again, man, rewatching Revenge of the Sith, you see kind of his. It's not even like hesitation. He straight up just doesn't like Anakin. He oh, straight yeah. up he even says it. I don't trust him. Like, what's with this kid? Yeah, it's like he, uh, yeah. so the prophecy says. Yeah. Like the way he even says that line oh, to Obi Wan. Yeah. He's like, is he not the chosen? He's like, so the prophecy says. Th- this I mean, is, this I is, guess that's you're talking about the team. That they're in the airship, right? Yeah, drop ship. Yeah. So it's oh, oh guys, this is you got to rewatch the scene through Ace's eyes here because it's it's Mace, Obi Wan, and, and Yoda. Yeah, and the so three goats, man. Three goats, so my favorites. Obi Wan says, "Is he not the chosen one?" I'm paraphrasing, but is he not the chosen one? Yoda goes, "A prophecy mis- misinterpreted, perhaps." Yeah, misread. Could misread. Have been. Misread. You're better. You should compete in the Shmoda. Yeah, Mace Windu doesn't say a word. He looks up at Yoda and just gives this Sam Jackson like. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. That's so true. He does, man. Every time in that movie. And then even when he's like, we don't rank, give you the rank of master. Yeah. Take a oh, seat, yeah. young Skywalker. And I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I would not want to be reprimanded by this guy. Absolutely. So that is why it's my number one. Ties to a lot of thoughts. Not from a Jedi. Great follow up for Mace. But it is time. The supersized edition of Star Wars Rank to hear Andres Cabrera's number one quote from the prequel. Hit me. Ah, man, I'm surprised this isn't uh, the default number one. It should be everyone's number one. Uh, This is the most iconic line in Star Wars prequels. And that is, you were the chosen one. Uh, From Obi-Wan Kenobi, his entire quote is, you were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy the Sith, not join them. Mm. Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in darkness. And then Mm. obviously, um, Anakin replies, I hate you. And then Obi-Wan says, you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Mm as a response to his, I hate you. Mm-hmm. It's so good, man. I mean, see uh, the, the meme is alive The You were the yeah. chosen one. Uh, runner up for me was also, I have the high ground. Anakin. Okay, great. <laughs> no, no, that's interesting. I, 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 yeah, I brought that up to someone the other day yeah. recently. It's kind of a, yeah, you know, that's silly line of like, Oh, I didn't think it was silly. Yeah. And I was like, it's over. Anakin. I have the high ground. All right, yeah, you know, on the prequel story, you got to dig in. Sometimes yeah. there's stuff there. Yeah. So yeah, you're tapping. You were the chosen on one. It is is it's so good because yeah. it really does remind you that. Wait a minute. Yeah. Coming from Obi Wan's perspective, this is the most bizarre, most twisted, mm. fateful thing that could have happened. Yeah. The fact that not only the chosen one betrayed him, but mm. Anakin, the one right. he's been training for years. If anything, if 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 the if you were the teacher to a Hitler, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. gonna be like, yo, something must be wrong with me, right? Because right? <laughs> I'm the one who's I've been with this kid forever, exactly. And he grew up to be this. He grew up to be a genocidal maniac who killed my entire yeah. family. Because I mean, the Jedi is essentially Obi Wan's family, and he yeah, basically is. killed my son. Yeah. Well, see what you're just saying, and I don't want to take it in this direction if you don't want to take it in this direction. But what you're saying, hey, a teacher going, what's wrong with me if this is what my result is? Yeah. Uh, 
there's a guy living in a hut on the island of Akto who's kind of depressed over what happened with Ben Solo, mm. who's probably like, ooh, I did something really wrong, yeah. and I don't want parts of this. So I, I like that idea yeah. there. And, yeah, so this is, to me, the fight, uh, Anakin and, and Obi-Wan, this is a long time coming. You know, we heard about this in the novel, and Lucas would talk about the molten love. So it, it's paying off a lot of things, but buried in that is this moment where I think it is – it might be Ewan's best moment in a 100%. lot of great moments in the prequels. Oh, yeah. This this sealed the whole Ewan McGregor was the best part of the prequels. Yeah. Debate, conversation, whatever it was, it yeah. sealed it. It basically told you, yes, that right there is the best performance from an actor yeah. in all the prequels, and that is Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. That's why, I, that's why now people are fascinated by it. That's why now mm. people love it. Mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan is iconic within itself yeah. because of what he brought to all the prequel movies, but especially Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. He really flexed his muscles to show what Obi-Wan as a character could be yeah. as a master on the sitting on the council, being a badass and still being a graceful knight Yeah, because he has that grace, but he's still a badass. He still goes and literally tries to rip Grievous's heart out. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, yo, Obi-Wan's a savage, man. Like he can just to kick him. Yeah. I mean, he, he gives good advice, but he's still like, I'm going to rip your heart out. I'm going to pull this. it out. Cause he yeah. opens up the chest and he's like, I'm going to pull out your heart, man. Uh, and it's like, Obi-Wan, human Gregor's Obi-Wan, is so good. Yeah. He's so good. And this this really sealed the performance because he's at, essentially tearing up. He's essentially yeah. crying. Breaking down. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, it really is this this weird destruction of yeah. his belief in Anakin, of his belief in, in destiny, of his belief in prophecy. Mm-hmm. Everything is breaking down. It shakes his belief yeah. in prophecy because he goes on to believe that Luke's the chosen yeah. one from his point of view. T- says it to Maul. I, says he's, I think he's saying it to Maul to comfort him as well in that moment because that's Obi-Wan's grace in that scene. But but yeah, he, you know, and we know Lucas has said, no, no, Anakin's the chosen one. And you can, I love hearing George talk about it. There's a great behind the scenes feature at I believe it all, but I love that we have this angle where, no, Obi-Wan's never recovered from that. Yeah, yeah. It's part of it. He feels, what did he do wrong? This idea of Obi-Wan in the desert and this idea float around that he goes one last time to chase down Vader, I get behind because I would think he would do that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the it's the idea, too, of, of I mean, I know everyone likes to make fun of it, but the whole sure. killing younglings, like, right. that's real, man. Like, if you see footage of yeah. your student and your friend just like literally stabbing children, <laughs> well, which is what he does. Yeah, it, it would kind of be like, yeah, I think this guy's gonna die. Like this is kind of messed up. I, I I do have to take him out. The the moment there, and and I remember, and I was one of the ones who said it. You know, in my friend group after like, man, you know, we hear for years that Anakin or Darth Vader goes and hunts the Jedi down. We see Order sixty six. The clones do the hard work and. Anakin goes in and kills children. I understand that complaint. I get it. I was vocal about it. Now, we talk about looking at that painting and seeing what's in there in the art. Sors Bandim, who's the young kid, who he's, he's uh, I believe it's John Knoll's kid. The, the little one. In little the, one. That was actually, that was actually hey. another runner-up for my favorite lines. Yeah, Master, Obi- Master yeah. Anakin. Uh, there are what, too many of them. Too many of them. Yeah. To me, it's symbolic of Anakin killing his past his mm, youth because it does that, look that like kid. a little annie yeah a little jake and, lloyd and i don't know how you know lucas is deep i don't know if he put that in there but but this is what i love when you're looking at art what you interpret i look at that scene and i get it and look guess what later on we could see uh vader hunting people we get to see it now sure. we got to see him in rogue one be that that badass that people want it's a, i get it i get it kids i get it but that moment to me 
It is Anakin looking at the kid who arrived, mm. hopeful, saying, Mom, you say everyone needs to, you know, more people need to help everybody, and mm. it's all wizard, and it's this kid. It's that kid at the end of Phantom Menace standing next to Boss Nass in the Peace Orb, and Anakin's looking at him, and it's like, it's all gone now. Mm. I have killed all that. And is it dark and grim? Hey, yeah. So it's revenge. That's real sick. dark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's like what gave it the PG 13 rating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, give just, I know I've, I've said, I've done this three times yeah. so far in the episode, but I'm gonna do one more. And that is the idea. Imagine like a, a professor, like Dumbledore yeah. going into Hogwarts and just killing them all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's real dark. If you think about it, Harry like Potter how, return. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like some straight up, like, that's Stuck. evil, man. Like if you're going to go into like mm-hmm. a school where there's kids it's, it's, and it's, kill them all. It's like, even if you see, when you see the footage and you see him like yeah. Anakin grabbing someone's neck, I don't yeah. know if you, if you yeah. watch it and you seen see it. him grabbing someone's neck and then fighting someone else. Yeah. You're like, dude, yeah, he killed hundreds. He did it. He yeah. did. And that's thing. It's, it, it's might not always be there on screen, but some of the stuff is in there in the yeah. story. And that, that's when, when you, when you hear me say, I love crawling into that star Wars bubble and that star Wars story. I, Almost to to a to a jokingly funny degree, think it's all real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I approach it as this is real. So this is a story that's happening, and we didn't see Anakin in Revenge of the Sith other than these holograms, but he did it. It yeah. exists in the story that he did all these horrible things. We just got to see this one particular moment where it's dark, but it all ties to this thing with Obi Wan, the heartbreaking scene. It is, I think, perhaps. The are you talking about legacy of the prequels? That is one of the moments that people go to, and why it's a great choice for Andres Cabrera's number one favorite and best quote in the Star Wars prequels, sir. You brought it today, and Thank I appreciate you, man. it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. You did it. You you really wanted to do this one. This was on your heart, yep. and I appreciate you sharing your insights and uh, through all the themes of the prequel. So before we get on out of here uh, and tell you about the Force Center stuff, hey, follow me at Ken Napsuck for all my other adventures. But Andres, where can they follow you, talk to you, and engage in this conversation and see all your work? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Squad Leader Ace. And obviously on the Meaning of Podcast, we're going to be doing some new stuff this coming year. So okay. it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to yeah. open explore possibilities of new types of content of new types of reviews love it we'll be doing all that type of movie stuff on the meaning of where i do it with rb3 so join us there yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun for those uh not familiar with maybe the world of the schmoes or collider uh andres cabrera uh and robert butler the third they uh they are great i believe they're part of the future of what's going on in this discussion world so join on board the train now the meaning of podcast and all things and and then uh, again um over on uh, my my Knapsack file side, started a new feed for Casterly Talk, a Game of Thrones show. And if you think Andre sticks deeps into the Star Wars world and the prequels, wait till you see him talk about Game of Thrones. Uh, you're going to be uh, joining us often on that as well. So uh, follow Force Center at Force Center Pod. We have the Facebook page, the YouTube page, where we put a lot of the in memoriams. And we might even put like versions of this up. Uh, just put some pictures over it or something so the world can see it on YouTube and hear it on YouTube. Go to forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. We have the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Center. If you want to support and help us reach our goals, like more movie commentaries, Attack the Clones, and uh, Revenge of the Sith. We've done Phantom Menace. We want to do all of them. Uh, so that's over there. I'm, I'm choked up. <laughs> I'm like Obi-Wan on the Mustafar <laughs> shores. That is it for now. Star Wars has been ranked.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.